This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hello and welcome to the Girl Fit Method podcast. I'm your host, Natasha Wakefield, and I am here to help you take charge of your health, get empowered, and ultimately become the best version of yourself. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the podcast, guys. So on today's episode, I have a really special guest, Danny Kennedy. He is a strength coach, a personal trainer, head coach of the Keep It Cleaner app and an all-round legend. Danny has made a massive impact in my own personal journey with health and fitness as well as my business. So I'm really excited to bring you guys this episode today. We cover a whole range of things, mindset, disordered eating, and the importance of delayed gratification. So without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Hello and welcome back to the Girl Fit Method podcast. So on today's episode, I have with me a very special guest, Mr. Danny Kennedy. Hello, Danny. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, very, very much appreciate the fact that you reached out to have me on. Um, I really enjoy doing podcasts, so it's good to be on the other end of one as well. So I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Oh, look, it's absolutely all my pleasure. I'm, I'm really excited for our chat today, and I want to give a little bit of a background about Danny. Actually, before I jump into that, I'm going to get you, Danny, just to introduce yourself, what you do, um, and a little bit about your business. Sure. Um, so I'm a, a, I guess you could probably say 50-50 now between um, like strength coach and PT in person and then online um, coach as well. So online, I um, obviously run the podcast. Um, I've got a membership site for my members with like all of my online programs. And then I also do one-to-one coaching as well online. So, you know, fr- like we're recording today on a Friday. So Friday is my online check-in day. So I kind of just go through individually and, um, and make sure that all the clients are, are on track and, and do their custom nutrition and training and whatnot. Um, and then, yeah, obviously I said as well, I, I recently just kind of relaunched my online business, um, which is all membership based now. So it's kind of like the best way to put it is like the net, like a Netflix for health and fitness, like just all of my programs and content in the one place, which is really exciting. Um, yeah, I run the fitness and lifestyle podcast, which I've been doing now since 2016, um, which I absolutely love doing, and and it gives me a good opportunity to network and and build relationships with really awesome people, um, which is fantastic. And then I still love the face to face stuff as well, as I said. So still, I still do kind of maybe between 20 and 30 hours a week with clients in person, which is something that I think I'll I'll always do. I might might reduce that a little bit, but um, I love love helping people out in person and and just love health and fitness but at the same time um i still have a life um uh very uh, running like a an activewear business on the side with my partner danielle um and yeah like i just try i try to make sure that my my training and my nutrition and this is what i preach with all my clients as well um that it all works around my lifestyle and not the opposite way around because i mean i'm sure we'll touch on it at some point but for a long time, it was the opposite way around for me and it is for a lot of people. Like my nutrition and my training, sorry, my lifestyle worked around my nutrition and training um, and and it's just not sustainable in the long term. So I wanted to, to show other people a way to eat and train um, for, for still to see incredible and, you know, the best results they've ever seen, but in a way that's not going to be like a, a start and finish. Something that I'm big on is not having a start and finish date. Obviously, there's certain things where 
you know, it requires a bit more discipline than others and you need to work towards a certain date. But um, trying to change a mentality from being on a diet or off a diet or on a training program and off a training program and just switching that around to thinking of like a volume dial, like we're either going turn the intensity right up and being really strict or we're loosening it off a little bit. Typically this time of the year, it loosens off a little um, and still follow all the main fundamental principles and stuff, but just still be able to enjoy your life and, and not just let it take over and, and kind of run everything for you. So that was a very long winded answer. And I don't even know what, what question you even asked to be honest, but um, there you go. <laughs> oh, look, you've given us an incredible summary of lots of things there, but it's all bang on. And that's all stuff I want to delve into deeper. And I know you're a super busy man. You've got like a lot going on. And the thing I admire about you the most is that you just continuously give value. And you can see that by the amount of work that you do, you know, in person, online, your podcast, so I want to give um, a little bit of a background story about my, you know, connection, I guess, with you. And this is the first time we've actually ever spoken kind of face to face. But um, I found you, Danny, through your podcast, which I love. And I started listening to your episodes and you would, you just simplified um, health and fitness. And I had, was, had come from a place where I was really over-exercising. I restricted my calories quite significantly. And I thought that was the way that I would control how good my body looked or how lean I was. And it was so unsustainable and I was really, really unhappy. So I was sore all the time. I just couldn't recover. I wasn't progressing in the gym and I was hungry a lot and thought about food a lot because I was just constantly restricting my calories. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I started, I don't even know how I came across your podcast, but I did. And I just was like, I binge listen. I was like, who is this guy? Like he, everything you said just made complete sense to me. And I knew what I was doing wasn't sustainable long-term and I knew I needed to make a change. And you honestly were that inspiration for me. So I jumped on your website and I bought one of your programs. I think it was like... I think it was like a group program. I think it was like a four-day. I, I reckon the one that you bought was the um, the like one of the first female strength and fat loss yeah. ones I made. It was like four sessions a week, yeah. eight weeks, I think. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. bought the second one too and did the second one because I loved it. I fell in awesome. love lifting weights. And it was the first time I actually followed a properly structured training program and I saw myself getting stronger. And I also started to really listen to you around calories and how to um, how you need to fuel your body adequately. I had no idea about protein, you know, that I should be eating more and not just constantly kind of at that like 1,200, 1,300 calorie mark. And it just honestly changed my life. So it was, um, and I followed you since then. On top of that, you've been a really big inspiration to me regarding business because of the, the amount of value that you give out. And uh, that's, I guess, the, my biggest passion with my business right now is to be able to just help other people and draw on my own experience, which is what you also did. So, um, and I would love for you to delve into that now. Just give us a bit of a brief mm. summary of your history with training and nutrition and really how you've gotten to the position that you're in now. Yeah, for sure. Um, oh, well, firstly, that's really cool to, to hear. I always love um, just talking to people who listen, not only listen to the show, but the fact that you built a business and a podcast and everything off the back of it is um, incredible. So well done, firstly. Um, I guess for me, like very, in a way, like uh, probably probably one of the reasons why you resonated with my content so well is that it's a very similar story. Um, and that's one thing I'm really big on is um, I, don't, I never teach 
or preach anything that I haven't either been through myself or um, experienced myself or with clients in the past. Like I think the fitness industry is is unfortunately filled with a lot of stuff that's just well, I don't know if you swear on here, but it's just bullshit. And and a lot of the time it's really it's purely just to make money, which I get. And obviously if you if your business is going to do well, you need to make money. But for me, it's like the the value comes first and then the money follows like business wise. And and I share my experiences and and luckily people, you know, people like yourself resonate with it and and I'm able to help people, which is awesome. So my a bit about my story, like I I grew up in country Victoria playing um, like predominantly focused on football and basketball um, and was always naturally quite skinny um, and, and like naturally quite good at running. Like cardio, cardio was like my strength. It still is, I guess, to an extent I just don't put as much effort into it now, but cardio, like running was just my natural thing. So for me, um, you know, early days, I, I got cut from a lot of stuff in sport and, um, and it was a bit of a blessing in disguise later on, just being able to handle losing and, and getting rejection and stuff. So now I really, it doesn't affect me at all. Like it's allowed me to kind of pursue the stuff I want to do without any worry of any of that happening. But because of that, I really early on, like my whole focus was on just outworking everyone. So I was like, if I train harder than everyone else, it's going to be my best chance. So I did that, um, you know, football, basketball, I was training absurd. Uh, like when I look at it now, it's just fucking crazy to think about how much I was training and playing sport every week. It was just insane at the time I could handle it and it was just my routine. So I just loved it, but I would overtrain my relationship with food sucked. Um, I wanted to look a certain way. I wanted to be like, I wanted to build muscle, but I always wanted to be really lean and, and ripped. Like that was my thing. I just like wanted to look ripped and in my, my mind, I was like, more is better. So I was like, in terms of training. So I'd train more and more and more, eat less and less and less. If I did eat something that maybe wasn't seen as healthy or, or even just like healthy shit, to be honest, like I would eat and then feel like I needed to do some form of exercise to burn that off. My mentality, when I look at it now, it's mental. It's crazy. But unfortunately, it's very common. Um, very, very common, probably more so in females than males. But um, yeah, I was just in a really bad space. I never went and got diagnosed with an eating disorder or anything like that. But it's, I mean, every single aspect of an eating disorder I had pretty much like, like I said, exercise after I eat, avoid certain foods, train like an absolute madman. Like I would get bored and go for a run, which is just fucking crazy. Um, I, I, put, I sent an email to my list the other day and, and was talking about this story from when I was younger. I, I literally like went to a party one night and got home at like whatever, maybe two or three o'clock and then did like an abs workout before I went to sleep, like pissed. I'd been out and then, uh, and, and my dad walks in, he's like, what the hell are you doing? Like what is going on? And like, that's just a, it's a, it's a stupid story, but it is just a, a um, a way of, I guess, exp yeah, explaining like how crazy it was. It was mental, but um, you know, I was, I was also just so passionate, still am, but super passionate about learning about it all. So every YouTube video, magazine, article, everything I could find, I, I would try and learn about training and nutrition. Go to seminars. I did my PT course, just for shits and gigs pretty much like in year 12 separate to school. I did it by correspondence. Um, at that stage I was, my mind was set on playing professional sport. It was 
not really any other option. Um, anyway, I moved to bas- I moved to Melbourne, sorry, for basketball straight after year 12. Um, and it was those, the two years that I was here full-time for basketball that I really started to learn from reliable sources of information and go to some good seminars and meet some really knowledgeable people that taught me about training and nutrition properly. Um, but, you know, anyone who's listening that's had the similar experience with food and training, you'll, you'll know that it's not as simple as just even if the, the evidence is right in front of your face, it's not as simple as just like, oh, fuck, I need to – Am I? Uh, is it, if, I, if I swear, is that bad on you? No, no, go for it. Oh, great. Otherwise, I was going to say you're going to have a seriously long day editing this episode. Um, but, but, yeah, you can't just like – the thing is if you're going through an eating disorder or you're going through something where even if it's not the right thing, if someone just tells you to do this or tells you the right way, it doesn't just happen overnight. So it took a while for me to really buy into the fact that I need to eat a lot more. And for me, the biggest um, red flag or whatever was when I first started tracking calories and macros because I figured out how much I should be eating per day. And when I started eating that, I was like, holy shit, this is so much more than what I've ever had before. And it was next to nothing. And this is, I'm talking like when I started tracking, I started at like maybe 2,500 which is a lot of calories. But for me, the amount I was doing is nothing. Like at one point in time, like a, a year or so down the track when I was, when I wasn't such a nut, uh, I was eating properly. I was eating like 6,000 calories a day at one point. And it sounds outrageous and it was, but it was suitable. It was, I was like suitable for what my goal was and how much I was training. So like that gives you an idea. So like when I moved to Melbourne, I was exact same height as I am now. And I was about 25 kilos less. So like, and I'm not, I'm not big now. So like, imagine, imagine that like on a bloody windy day, I had to wear heavy shoes. Otherwise I'd blow away. I saw your post that you put up a couple of days ago. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Like when I look at photos and stuff now, it's like, I look sick. But at the time I genuinely in my own head thought that I was on track. So yeah, anyway, I um, learned about training and nutrition properly. Um, So a lot of the things that I was doing early on was just avoiding certain foods under eating massively. Um, training wise, I was just training with high reps and lightweight. I wasn't doing much leg stuff, but, um, the main thing for me was that like, it was, it all had to be about leaving the gym feeling just exhausted. Like I needed to make sure that every set was like a burn, like a hot high rep set where I was like burning, my muscles were burning. And I was thinking like, this is how I'm going to look the way I want to look. But yeah, it wasn't until I figured out, you know, about overloading your lifting, about doing like a little bit less. I was doing way too much. So I cut right back on how much I was training. I increased my food. I increased my protein. Um, and I also changed my mentality around always feeling like I need to be able to see my abs and stuff like that. So for me, it was just like, I needed to be okay with putting on a little bit of body fat to get to where I wanted to be. And once I, once I finally made that mental switch, which was very hard, it was very hard. It took, it took a couple of years to really like get to the point where I was like fully okay with it. But once I made that switch, that's when I started to see results. Like I, my physique changed and that was literally the reason why I started training other people because I was getting people that had known me throughout those years where I was just skinny as and started seeing my results. And so people started asking questions and then I started helping people online and um, eventually had a, had a, unfortunately had, the first of many surgeries, um, at the end of 2013. And I just quit basketball. I didn't go back, which is crazy. Like at the time to give you an idea, like I was training, you know, five, six days a week, 
two, three hours a day on court, playing a few games a week. Like I said earlier in the episode, like my mind was made up. I was playing basketball or that was it. And then after the injury, I just kind of, I couldn't play obviously for a while. So I stepped into PTing and, and started my business properly. And once I saw how much I enjoyed that and the, the joy I got out of helping other people, it my focus quickly switched from being all about myself to all about everyone else. And I obviously still train now flat out. I, I love it. I challenge myself as often as I possibly can physically and mentally, but really it's not about me anymore. Like I just want to help as many people as I can. And I use myself to do that. So I'll do things like I did some physique shows and stuff like that to, to challenge myself. Yes. But to document to other people, what I was doing with my food and training. And, um, and I've been very fortunate to, yeah, be able to like impact, people through social media and stuff like that. And, you know, by no means is my following anywhere near as big as what I would like it to be. But, um, in saying that I, I very quickly, like when I first started posting content, went into it with the mindset of like every post or every podcast, every email, as long as I help one person with that, then it's achieved, I've achieved my goal. So yeah, I mean, I've just been super consistent since first starting all that stuff. Um, obviously things have evolved over the years and the direction or the vehicle of getting to where I want to be has changed a little bit, but, um, the, the goal still remains the same. And, um, yeah, I guess that's how, that's where I, how it's, I am where I am today. I've been fortunate enough to work with some really cool people, um, had some great opportunities, but to be honest, like I put it down to just consistency and, and hard work, to be honest, it sounds super cliche, but it's, it's the truth. Like, I started this whole business and health and fitness journey, like in terms of a building my own brand at the end of 2012, uh, end of 2013. And we're in 2021 now it's flown by, but it's, it's literally been every single day since I started just to get to where I am now. And I'm nowhere near where I want to be. So, I mean, I'm, this is probably more so for the business side of things, but for those that are listening or whatever that, that do want to do something similar to what I'm doing, just understand that it's, do the fundamentals extremely well on a daily basis and just be patient, like more patient than what you probably would like. Um, but it's just consistency over time and continuing to evolve and learn and, and yeah, network with people and just take opportunities. But yeah, the consistency side of things is by far, I think in my opinion, like the, the reason why my business is where it is now. And I think you're right. And I think that consistency really can be implemented or is the key to most success in most areas of your life is it's Mm. almost like, and actually I think it was you that said this around, I'm just comparing it to learning to lift, right? It's like practicing a skill. That's what you're learning Mm. when you lift. And when you're consistent with something, you're practicing into the point you can become almost an expert in it, right? And that carries over when it comes to your diet, when it comes to Mm -hmm. your training, your body, your physique, takes time, takes consistency, you know, and that's not fun. And I think it's really easy to chase after short-term gratification, but it's actually finding the gems and the gold in the journey where the learning happens and all the good stuff and character building happens within that. And I think we need to shift away from that end goal being our focus all the time and actually focusing on today. What am I doing today? What am I ticking off today that's getting me closer to where I want to go and really celebrating those small wins on a daily basis? Yeah, that's it. Delayed gratification is something that so many people 
don't do. Um, I'm definitely guilty of it, but I'm trying to get better at it at the moment. But yeah, I, um, I love the whole, not, not into the super nitty gritty detail, but like, I love the neuroscience side of stuff. Like just in general, like I love mindfulness and personal development. And I've been doing a lot of research around neuroscience and, and like how the brain actually works to an extent. Um, definitely won't become a brain surgeon or something like that, but I've trying to understand it more and more. And, um, I was watching an interview with, um, Dr. Huberman the other, the other day. Um, if you've never heard of the Huberman lab podcast and you're into all this stuff then definitely would recommend it, but he was just talking about how like the goal, like getting to the goal is not what makes us feel good. It's the journey to get there. So it's like, you think about anything, think about trying to buy a car, for example, all of that journey of saving, of having small wins along the way, of going to test drive it, of looking at photos of it, of like just seeing yourself with it, understanding what it's going to feel like when you've got it. That's what makes, that's what gives you that dopamine hit and makes you feel really good. And that's what inspires and motivates you. Once you've got it, you've got it. Like that journey is now gone. That's why it's so important to continually set goals. But like you said, it's, if you can take your focus off the end goal and just focus on literally like the now and what you can, what can be done today, that adds up over time. I always, something I always tell my clients is that it's not, it's never like something crazy or some secret thing that no one else is doing. That's going to get you your results. It's just doing the small, boring things extremely well day after day. There's like, there's literally is again, as cliche as it is, there's no such thing as an overnight success. Like it's so common. You see anyone who wins like the, not anyone, but a lot of people who win the touch lotto or like, whatever, like they jackpot, they win a shitload of money for doing nothing. A lot of the time, those people in, you know, a few years down the track have none of it because they have never done, they don't have the, the habits or the practices in place that are going to allow them to continue to grow that money or to keep that money or to use it properly. So there's a reason why people that are so successful are that way. It's because they've done consistently for a long period of time, all these little things that have allowed them to be in that position and stay in that position. Um, so yeah, that consistency and the small efforts and, and just enjoying as annoying as it is to hear sometimes, it's just about trusting the process and enjoying the journey because that's the most enjoyable part in my opinion. Like it's waking up every day and just having your, your to-do list or, or thinking about what can be done that day finishing the day off and just thinking to yourself, have, like, have I done everything that I could today to bring myself just that tiny little bit closer? Yes. If you have, then you feel awesome. If you don't, then at least you've got something to work on and the end goal may never happen, but the enjoyment along the way is still there because you, you've got that, those little dopamine hits, you've got the little small wins along the way and you may get down and get some point down the track and go, fuck, I don't even want to do, like, I don't want what I first set out to do, but and even if you do achieve it, that as we said before, the delayed gratification makes that win so much more enjoyable and rewarding than just trying to get that quick, quick fix and a quick win, which is very common in the, in the fitness industry. Couldn't agree more. And it just made me really think about when people set goals. I mean, we can talk about money, right? So in business, you set yourself a monetary goal to achieve something and you get there and your goal then, your goalpost is going to change, right? So you've achieved that. Mm -hmm. What's the next goal? And if you're not actually, and that's not going to make you happy because sometimes we can think once we earn a certain amount or once we look a certain way, that's going to be the thing that changes our mindset. And that's just mm -hmm. not true. 
really happiness and contentment comes from being okay with what you have and who you are right now. And, mm. and like what you said, it's, it's building confidence in yourself when you create those habits that are serving you, serving you um, for whatever goal you're wanting to achieve or you're able to give back, right, on a daily basis. It's those things that will really give you true joy and real mm. peace. It's not like waiting. And I, I have this with my, my girls all the time. They're always wanting to go, you know, so we have a lot of, um, a lot of my clients will come to me really under eating and we need to spend some time getting their calories up getting them lifting weights, getting their body healthier so that, you know, down yeah. the track potentially we can get them into a really successful fat loss phase. And they're always mm. waiting for that fat loss phase. And so, and they, because they believe once they finish that fat loss phase and they're leaner, that's when they're going to be happier. And that's just not the case. You will get there. You can be miserable looking incredible. I'll tell you what, like I've been, I've gotten to seriously low levels the body fat to compete in physique competitions and it's not it's not fun at all it's it sucks it genuinely sucks like i've just gone through a short shortish like fat loss period recently like it, it kind of got interrupted a bit but even in this short period of time like i only lost like a few kilos leaned up a little bit but to the point where i'm happy with my body fat percentage and i feel awesome now but it's at the point where i can still do all my normal shit it doesn't affect my life to the point where it's a negative it's a it's a bad thing. Whereas getting to extremely lean levels of body fat, which, you know, it they looks good in photos, like fucking whatever. People say you look great, blah, blah, blah. But you feel shit like day in, day out. It sucks. It's not, it's actually not enjoyable. So yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's like just understanding that you, or getting to the point where you can feel very grateful and happy with how you are right now. Even if you know in your mind that it's not where you're going to be in a week, two weeks, a month, a year's time, just understanding that this is all just part of the journey. It's like, all right, I'm grateful for what I have and, and where I am right now. It may not be where I want to be, but I know I'm doing what I need to do to, to keep moving forward and, and get closer to where I do want to be. And like I said, and you touched on, you may get there and it's not all that you thought it was going to be. So if you're not happy with where you are right now or how you look or what you're doing right now, I guarantee you will not be happy once you get to the to the end end point where you're supposed to be where you want to be it's you're going to be exactly the same you just might look a little bit different yeah 100 percent. and sometimes when you get down to those really lean body fat percentages you know it takes extremes to get there right so it takes like extreme yep. dieting really low calories and it's funny that and i'm not sure how how your experience with this but i hear it from competitors and people that are really lean is that they they almost don't see themselves the way that others are seeing them. So, and it's kind of similar in a way that we just talked about, you know, once you get to a goal, let's say like a financial goal and you earn a certain amount of money, it almost becomes like you don't celebrate that. It needs to be more. And it can kind of feel like that mm. when you get to a point with your body where you're at this certain leanness that you still feel like it's not good enough. And I think that potentially is twofold. The fact that, you know, I think we're not made to be that lean. When you get to that point where you're super lean, psychologically that can really then affect you. But also if you haven't done the inner work and you and you place all of your importance on this end goal, this end physique goal, thinking that's going to make you happy, you realise once you get to that point that that's still not good enough and that's purely because of the fact that you don't have that true confidence in who you are regardless of what your body fat percentage is. Hundred mm, uh, percent. Like there was, I remember 
after every time I got super lean, a month or two down the track, I'd be looking through my camera roll and there'd be all these images where at the time I would be like, fuck, there's no chance I'm posting this. I look like shit. Like I'm no, nowhere near leaner. And a month or two down the track, I'd see it and be like, holy shit, like I, that's ridiculously lean or whatever. Um, but you're right. And, you know, that's why I think it's super important. And, you know, for the girls that are tuning into this, it's like, even if you are in a fat loss phase at the moment and you're, you're cool, like your metabolism's healthy, you're not overdoing it and you're just trying to get lean. That's awesome. But once you get to that point where you start to reverse diet out or you build your calories back up, it's really important to then, you know, celebrate the fact that you, you reach your goal, but then set another goal straight away. Otherwise you get lost in no man's land. And all of a sudden you've gone from every single day being fixated on trying to achieve this level of leanness. And that's your whole focus. And then when you don't have that focus anymore, it's, it's um, like, it, it can be quite depressing. It's just like, what, like you lose a lot of purpose and motivation to train and eat well. You don't like what you see in the mirror or whatever, but if you mentally say to yourself, look, I'm very lean at the moment, whatever. Um, I, I know this is not that healthy to stay at this point. So I need to maybe put on a little bit of body fat or I need to increase my food. And once you can just mentally accept the fact that that's, that's what's going to happen, then it's a lot easier. But if you're mentally still thinking every day, like looking at yourself, seeing how lean you are and making sure that you look really lean and blah, blah, blah. But in actual fact, what you're doing is counterproductive because you're trying to increase your food and, and naturally you're going to put on a little bit of weight um, at some some point in time. Obviously, the goal is to keep that minimal, but um, if you can accept that, then it, the whole thing becomes a shitload easier and it's not as much of a – it doesn't stuff around with your head as much. Yeah, agree. And I think that's why it's so important to have performance goals as well and not just see diet and training as a means to get lean. Like it needs to be more than that because otherwise what will happen is like what you said, you get to that point and then what? What carries you on to be consistent with mm. trying to improve because you know you can't eat in a deficit for the rest of your life. You need to get yourself out of that and that's going to mean your focus needs to shift from fat loss to performance or building muscle, getting stronger and really enjoying that process as well and just not having this fixation with always being dieting trying to get smaller all the time because you just end up screwing yourself over that's it and and i often talk about the fat like the outside of the fat loss phase that's the hardest bit like that should be where all the work that's where the work's done so when you're trying to increase your calories slightly when you're trying to improve your metabolism or build some lean muscle mass and you have these performance goals that in my opinion should be a lot harder than as in like the difficulty of that should be harder than the fallus phase. So I always think of like the time outside of a fallus phase is when I'm investing. I'm investing as much as I can into myself, into my body, blah, blah, blah. The fallus phase is the reward. It's like getting to go out and spend all your cash and do a big shopping spree and blah, blah, blah. Like this is the end. This is like you put in all this hard work and then the reward is being able to see the progress that you've made once you lose that bit of the body fat. But for a lot of people, it's the opposite. It's like, all right, when I start my fail phase, I'm in business. Everything is, this is the hard bit. I'll get through this. And once I get through this bit and I'll get to this certain level of body fat, then I can relax and then just fucking take it easy and I don't really care anymore. But if you can switch your mentality, you'd be surprised at not only how much less you give a shit about putting on a little bit of body fat, but also how much more rewarding that period is when you, you're fo- just as focused, if not more focused every day, every week. Because you know that the harder you work now, the better you're going to look 
when you do decide to get lean again. So that was, a, that was something that took me a while to figure out because, you know, like even knowing all this stuff, whenever I got really lean, it was still difficult for me mentally to come out of it. So over the years, you start to build up a few, um, add a few tools to your toolkit of stuff that you can really focus on and techniques of, um, you know, placing all your energy and your motivation from one place to another to still keep everything moving in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's like looking at it like this is your life. This is a lifestyle. This is not just a Mm. a short-term diet. Yes, you want to get down to those physique goals, but you know that from that point, okay, you can't you can't sustain the approach that you did in that fat loss phase, right? Like, cause these are new habits that you've built within your life. Now what's the next phase? Okay. The next phase is getting yourself out of that deficit. Your focus is going to shift on improving your physique. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean that you now need to be eating in a deficit. You need to increase those calories as uncomfortable as it is. Otherwise, if you don't do that as well, you never improve. You just stay exactly. You always look the same. You actually go backwards. Yeah. And that's the problem for a lot of, a lot of girls in particular is that because they don't have the transition in and out of a fatless phase or you know they don't build their calories up ever, it's always deficit, deficit, deficit. You got to realize that over time, not only is your metabolism suffering, but your physique is going to look worse and worse and worse because like I said, the fatless phase is the reward. It's like just revealing what you've done but for a lot of people, they're trying to do and reveal at the same time. And that does not work. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't work. So, you know, that's why a lot of the girls that I work with, like, the, and I'm sure you would find the same thing. Like when we actually bring the fruit up, all of a sudden they look better. They train better. Their energy output's better. Obviously, their mood's better. Hormones are in a much better position. And they're so surprised that it's like, what the fuck's going on? But it's just like, no, you've been trying to do two things at once for such a long time that your body is just needs something else like it it needs more food it needs more rest it needs more like proper structured training and and the reward is is always um super enjoyable once people see that and that's what i like i'm sure you're very similar for me it's so rewarding especially with girls seeing that mentality shift and the realization that oh my god i don't need to fucking make my life shit to look good like i can have a social life i can eat nice things i don't have to train seven days a week i can back things off and look better than what I ever have, um, which is an awesome thing to see. Yeah. It's like, I mean, look at me. I've like, I, I mean, I would weigh less. I'm smaller now eating a thousand calories more and training Mm. like a quarter of what I used to train. It's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. When you are in this mentality of always like less is better and it does, it becomes all consuming because you can't go out and eat dinner with friends or you're anxious that, you know, like you were saying at that party, you had to come home and do an ab workout. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where, you, that's where your mind's at all the time. And when you get free <laughs> from that, it's just, it's like, it's actually really life changing. Changing. I know that sounds corny, but it actually is when that's your focus. It so really is. <clears throat> yeah. It is. I think now, I think back now to, um, sorry, cut off. I think back now to, when I, before I figured all this shit out and I just think about how constantly stressed and miserable I was, not even miserable. It was just stress. It was just constant anxiety, like about everything. It carries over to everything. And you know, the fact, the fact, imagine coming home from a party and doing an ab workout. That's ridiculous. Like this type of stuff at the time, you don't realize it, but once you have that realization later on and and you go to yourself, man, like seriously with putting myself through hell and and as you go through the journey you'll realize that a lot of stuff like 
you know, that, that constant state of stress and anxiety, your cortisol levels are through the roof. So you could be doing whatever you want and you're not going to see good results. Like you literally, you are the, you're, you're your own reason for not seeing your results. And that's hard to hear for people sometimes. Um, but yeah, it's super rewarding. As you said, you know, you're eating a thousand calories more now and training a lot less. And I'm sure that is a shitload more enjoyable than what it was before. Absolutely. I'm a better person. Like you said, like you just feel good. And yeah, I, that's why I, mean, I guess it's the the reason I started my business is because I want to share that with others. And it was the same thing for you. And so I think if you can use your mistakes and the stuff that you've been through in your life to better somebody else or to prevent someone from going through what you have gone through, like it's, it's worth absolutely every day that you went through that. Mm. Um, if it means that you can help somebody else. So to wrap up, I'd love to know if someone's listening and they're in that position right now, what are three tangible things they can implement in their life today to help them get closer to, you know, being able to treat their body better by actually nourishing their body, training, you know, a normal amount and maybe something around mindset as well. Um, I mean, for the females, they can get in touch with you, um, would be a good start. Cause I mean, this is the other thing it's, you do have to have someone to be accountable towards. And I'm not just saying that cause we both have a, a fitness business. It's like, it, I genuinely think you can't really go through it on your own because you will second guess yourself on everything. And that's what I did. And that's why it took so long. But, you know, if, you know, aside from the three things, like first of all, just have someone to be accountable towards and someone that's actually a reliable source of information that you can trust. Um, but the three things, I mean, uh, it's, it's super difficult because it's so easy to say it's very hard to do. But, I mean, the first thing is obviously like you need to, if you're at a point where you're not eating anywhere near enough, it's, it's starting to transition to gradually build your food back up, even though it sounds counterproductive. But if you need, you know, you think about the amount of work that you're probably doing if you're in this position and the little amount of food you are giving yourself, like whatever you're actually feeding your body, it's holding on to with good reason because it's not getting anywhere near enough. And I think for a lot of girls in particular, you'd be surprised at how much food you can actually eat. And this is the thing because a lot of people will say that, you know, they need to eat less because when they eat more, they gain weight or whatever. But the problem with that is that you're not eating. A lot of people aren't eating like more as in seven days a week, they're eating whatever, 1800 calories, whatever it's they're eating fuck all for five days. And then they're eating a week's worth of food in two days because they've binged because they had this mental cycle. So yes, you ate great for five days. Congratulations. But the two days where you went nuts has actually thrown your whole week out massively. So you would have been better off eating four or 500 calories more like per day and just having a steady amount for the week. And in your head, you might think that's way too many calories, but you're actually over the span of the week, you've had more by having two or three days of binging or one day of binging every week. So gradually bringing your food up is just, it's necessary. You have to do it. And this is why it's important to have someone to be accountable to and someone you can trust to guide you through it. The second thing is, you know, it can be important for some people early days, but I would hundred percent say get rid of the scales, especially early days. Um, the worst thing you can do is, is be fixated on a number that you see every single day. Um, even now, like I, I never weigh myself now, but even for the clients that, that need that peace of mind, it's weighing themselves every single day under the same conditions and taking a weekly average. Cause the one number that you see 
on a random occasion, whether it's in the morning, middle of the day, whatever the fuck it is, it's not going to be that accurate. And at the same time, it's no one cares and it's not important. Like I know I've never, I've like, I've never had someone come up to me and go, Oh my God, like you look good. And what's your weight? Like no one gives a shit. Like that's the second thing. And, and not having that number there, you'd be surprised at how much less stress and pressure you put on yourself with everything else with when you're not fixated on that. If you can really start to think about the things that are important, like how you look, how you feel, the fit of your clothes, your, you know, things like sleep, your mood, all this type of stuff. If you're in a point where you're not eating anywhere near enough, all of these things are going to be out of whack. So get rid of the scales, increase the food. Training-wise, I have this saying where when you, what is it saying actually? I'm shocking with sayings. I'm trying to think of the best way to word it, but it's like when, when I lose fat, when I'm trying to lose fat, I want to be eating as much as I can and doing as little as I possibly can to lose it. Now, what I mean by that, it doesn't mean like I'm stuffing my face every day and barely moving from the couch. It means I'm eating in as small of a deficit as possible. So if I maintain my weight at 2,700, I'll start my calorie deficit at 26 or 2,500. I mean, a small, small deficit. When I say do as little as possible, what I mean by that is I want to start with the bare minimum so I've got somewhere like room to move. So in a fat loss phase, I would typically start with let's say at the moment, if I'm trying to build muscle mass and I'm doing five strength sessions a week at the start of a fellows phase, I'd start at four strength sessions and no cardio and that's it. So the beauty of that is I have a period of time where I'm going to lose fat. And once I hit a plateau, I've got options. Now I can either reduce my calories cause I'm still eating a shitload. I can increase the amount I'm doing by either adding a strength day or adding a very small amount of cardio. And every time I hit a plateau is rinse and repeat, just do those things again and again and again. So I'm going to continually see fat loss reducing over time. Every time I hit a plateau, it's easy to bust through. Whereas majority of people, and if you're in this position, the chances are you're eating next to nothing and you're doing a shitload. So when you hit a plateau, which inevitably you will, what do you do? No way to go. You can't. It gets to a point in time where you just, like, well, this whole podcast has been about it. It's like you're doing too much, you're eating nowhere near enough. And to put it bluntly, you're fucked. <laughs> so the best thing you can do is, you know, work with someone else that knows what they're doing. The hardest part is not physical. It's mental. It's, it's, it's allowing yourself to trust the process. Um, but I promise you, if you're listening to this and you're, and you're, and you're struggling with that mental side of things, I've, I've been there. We've both been there. It's hard, but if you trust the process and once you've reached a point where it all makes sense, you'll be, you'll be saying to yourself, why did I not do this earlier? I promise. So if you can make those changes, uh, it's, it's not going to be that easy initially, but it'll be well worth it. It genuinely will change your life. Like it changed mine, changed both of our lives. So it sounds like a pretty crazy statement to say, but it's legit. Like you think about how much anxiety and pressure and stress you put on yourself now, which carries across to all aspects of your life. If you can get rid of that, imagine how much better you'd feel. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah. Oh, there three incredible tips. I always say, like one of my favorite sayings is feel the fear and do it anyway. And if something makes you scared, you've got to act. It's usually a pretty yeah, sign that you need to act. And if you allow fear to keep you where you are, you're just never going to get out of the situation that you're in. But it's never going to feel easy. And I think that's the most important thing to understand. I always just quickly, I have this saying that seems to, I don't know how, but it seems to resonate with people. Like if you're not doing something right now, like purely because you're worried about like failing or you're worried about rejection or you're worried about if it doesn't work out, 
Well, you're already in that position. So the worst case scenario has already happened. If even something as simple as this, right? If you if you wanted to have me on your podcast and you didn't ask because you thought I'd say no, you're already in the same position as what you would be if I did say no. Yeah. So the like it's only good things can happen from that, and that's why I'm so big on just doing like taking action, figure it out as you go. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Like the the most successful people in anything in the whole entire world have failed more than anyone else around them, and that's why they're successful because you learn from your failures. And, and, and then you move forward. So yeah, definitely don't fear about making a decision. It'll be the best, best decision you make. Love it. It's like, um, I've heard the saying as well. The only failure is when you don't take any action, right? Cause you haven't even, it's exactly, exactly. what you said. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Is every, every time we feel like we've failed, there's a lesson in that. And then we learn what not to do in the future. So thank you so much, Danny. You have just provided like so much value. I know my Everyone, all my listeners are going to absolutely love this. Now, if people will, people will want to find you, you guys um, should be listening to Danny's podcast because he puts out some really incredible content. Can you just let people know where they can find you? Sure. Um, the two the two best places is probably just Instagram, which is just at um, DJK Fitness. And the podcast, the fitness and lifestyle podcast. Um, yeah, there's something on there for everyone and plenty of value. So you can find the rest of the stuff through those two places. Awesome. And I will link that in the show notes. Thank you so much, Danny. Awesome. Thanks. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode, guys. I highly recommend you go over and subscribe to Danny's podcast, the fitness and lifestyle podcast. Honestly, it was such a huge help to me when I first started in my fitness and health journey, but it's also a massive help to me now. He covers a whole range of different things. Yes, fitness, nutrition, but also a lot of mindset too. And he interviews some really incredible guests. So I will have that all linked in the show notes. If you enjoyed today's episode, take a screenshot of it, share it on your stories or share this episode with a friend. All right, guys, until next time, big love, Coach Tash. Mm -hmm.